If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All things safe with Representative Jason Sane. Good morning. This is your host, Representative Jason Sane, coming to you live from the Legislative Building in Raleigh. Joining me today is my able-bodied co-host, David Coble. Who's also in Raleigh today? So we're uh, we're both in the uh, the building here in Raleigh. I said, why not? Let's just do this show from from the building today. Good morning to you, David. Good morning to you, Jason. It's great to be with you. And and, and only a wall separates us over the digital superhighway we have going right here. So this is an interesting setup. My first experience with it. Well, if you've ever been to the legislative building in Raleigh, I often say that it is the uh, greatest Japanese steakhouse you've ever seen in your life. And when you look at it from the outside, you'll understand. Uh, it's also not uh, not very well equipped with uh, enough uh, AV uh, hookups. So we make we make do with what we've got here. And as, as you can see behind us both, the uh, crushed granite block that is the North Carolina General Assembly, it's, it's quite impressive, really. Uh, it's really the best they could do in the 60s. So here we are. Uh, no, no expenses spared uh, for, for the legislative building uh, when it was built in the late 60s. But uh, a lot of things going on uh, here in Raleigh. We're glad to be with you today. Uh, really appreciate everyone tuning in, uh, whether you're watching on the on the social media or you're listening on, on the broadcast. Really appreciate it. Um, I guess we'll just jump right in. Big news this week. Um, as announced uh, early on, as we all know, that we've been talking about, I guess, for the last several months, that the budget has been delayed and delayed and delayed. And uh, this week, we finally made headway, got some things unstuck and moving forward. So, hey, we've got a budget, David. Well, and congratulations. I know that you have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. You know, being down here in Raleigh, it's been actually very interesting to see sort of the process of what's going on down here. You hear about these things, and but actually watching them up close, people running from doors to doors and rooms to rooms, meetings to meetings, getting everything last ticked and tied. And then, of course, I did get to see the ginormous uh, pad of paper uh, in your office that is the budget, oh, yes. um, <laughs> and which was pretty impressive to say the least. There it is. This thing, yes, this is this is what a budget looks like, folks. That's uh, I know you can't see it if you're listening, but it's it's ginormous. It is absolutely John Norris, but no, but I mean, but Jason, I think, you know, you've had, you've been had a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes and everything like that, trying to get this. I mean, from your standpoint, what was kind of necessary to get this thing over the line and sort of break the, uh, the gridlock, if you will, between the house and the Senate? Oh, you know, as I say, time and pressure makes diamonds. And I, and I think just the the pressure of getting it done just week in and week out of, of not getting a deal, it just started to mount, uh, particularly after, you know, kids went back to school or kind of getting into the fall and everybody getting into the groove and then not to have a budget, you know, state employees desperately want their pay raises. Um, and they deserve them and uh, they'll, they'll get those in this budget. Uh, I, I think you were starting to hear a lot more chatter. Some members were hearing that. Uh, and then yesterday, the, uh, the leader of the Senate announced that uh, he was backing away from the, the original demand that casinos and, and, and uh, VLTs to do video lottery terminals uh, did not have to be a requirement in the budget. So with that out, uh, I think that's really the thing that just let the floodgates go. And so now we're moving forward at a rapid pace. I've got colleagues in the other building right now looking through, uh, trying to make sure that, that we get things right in that budget. And it's never exactly right when you get it done. So we'll probably have a tech corrections, uh, technical corrections bill that will come out to, to fix the things uh, that, that are just the wording's not quite right. Um, you know, or you get different opinions once things are published. And we've gone through revision after revision after revision. And staff does a very good job 
job at, at what you're doing, but you really are. You're, you're, a $32 billion budget is is hard to put together. And uh, so they do the best they can with what they got. And, uh, got it. Apparently a, a, a version was leaked out. I don't know which version was leaked out uh, Monday night. Uh, but that also got people talking yesterday. So I think a lot of things just come together and, and, and it's, it's, it's finally getting there to where we get a vote on this thing uh, Thursday and Friday. And I think after that, we'll have we'll have a state budget. But a uh, lot, lot of good things in it, a lot of highlights. Um, we'll talk about that during the show today. We'll also talk about uh, uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s. Uh, he's a maniac on Twitter today. I, I happen to notice I, last week he was weighing in on casinos in North Carolina and, and today he's weighing in on a lot of other things if you go to his Twitter account or X account I guess yeah I saw that and I was actually being to wonder I was just like okay he's either uh been hacked or uh he's just getting a lot more bold uh than uh, what he previously was I'd like to think he had just been hacked when he was uh chiming in on uh, the uh, casino discussion here in North Carolina uh with, with an irony of his last name and and sort of coming down on casinos I was not lost on me obviously but uh, there was a few colorful things going on I, I imagine they've been deleted at this point but I'm sure you know the internet is forever so I'm sure if people want to be able to see it they can go out and find the screen Perhaps. Well, I, I started I started seeing those this morning when I when I got up and uh, ch- checked my phone. So uh, somebody's having some fun at his expense, which is, you know, n- nobody wants to be hacked, and it's and we're kind of making fun of it. But uh, it was interesting to see. Uh, not 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 what I expected this morning. So um, back to the budget. You know, uh, Senator Berger yesterday once once they made the deal, he said that uh, this is the best, most prudent way for us to move forward. I think he's probably right. I mean, it just it's one of those things where we needed to get it moving. Uh, I know you've been on uh, Senator Sawyer's show talking about the budget and, and different things, and we really we're just getting fatigue as far as you know the back and forth and trying to trying to get a deal. There's some things, obviously, like every budget uh, that are in there that that I don't like. Uh, it's not it's not one person's budget. Uh, it's it's 170 people at the legislative building who are who are putting that together. So uh, there's a lot of good things in it. There's some things I don't like, but there's a lot of good things I do like. So we'll we'll see how it all comes out in the wash, I guess. But uh, we are we are broadcasting live from Raleigh Day. We appreciate you listening in. Uh, studio number is 844-788-3464 or 844-STUDIO-4. If uh, you can't remember that by the time you grab your phone, love to take your calls. Uh, we are looking at some some pretty hefty pay raises uh, for for employees. On average, about seven percent for state employees. Our our lower ranked highway patrolmen, which we're, we're trying to play catch up really uh, to get those staffed, uh, get as much as an eleven percent raise in their in their pay. So uh, some good things in there for state employees, but uh, also uh, continuing to cut taxes. Uh, that that part is in there as well in the finance package. Uh, it's just overall, I think it is a pretty good budget. We'll, uh, we'll see how, how the debate goes tomorrow on the floor of the House. I'm sure it will be lively, as always, and I, I expect the uh, Senate will take it up as well tomorrow. And out of curiosity, Jason, you said that, you know, obviously Senator Berger had said that, um, you know, the prudent way to move forward was for take out BLTs, casinos, those, I guess, will those be taking up at during short session or is this, or they sort of just, does that stay um, on the uh, bookshelf until next long session? Well, you know, as I always say, nothing's ever dead in the legislature. And uh, just because it didn't make it into this bill uh, doesn't mean it's not going to be talked about. I'm sure it is. You know, part of the complaints on it were that this was something that that never surfaced in a, in a bill that went through committees. And that was, I know, in my caucus, one of the complaints. Uh, it was it was a kind of Senate-driven idea. Uh, knew it had been talked about for, for months. I, I think, you know, I, I probably was one of the first to announce that, that this is being talked about um, officially. 
um, and never really got a, a, a hard copy of what it was that was being proposed. And then finally, that did you know get generated, but never went through the committee process. So hopefully, you know, if 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 it's going to to resurface, which I think it will, we'll we'll have a little bit more debate on it and, and see what happens. Uh, you're well, listening. As we all know that uh, as we all know, committees make everything better. So. Uh, isn't that right? I mean, it's <laughs> just like a church, right? Uh, so, so you're listening to All Things Sane. Uh, I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. I've got David Cove with me today. We are both in Raleigh. Uh, really appreciate you tuning in, watching, listening. Uh, we're on WSIC, as we are every Wednesday. Uh, and David, you get to do double duty on, on multiple shows. But we'll be right back in just a moment. You're listening to All Things Sane on WSIC. I am your host, Representative Jason Sane, broadcasting from Raleigh. Joining me today is my good friend, David Coble, uh, co-host extraordinaire, I guess, on WSIC. You're like the go-to guy. Uh, and a free agent. You're a free agent. Well, you know, like I say, I, I got you out of the portal. Um, <laughs> speaking of football, uh, how about them Panthers? Yeah, that, uh, they're they're not good. Um, uh, they're not, uh, they're just not good. <laughs> I'm, I'm very worried. I, I really was hoping that there would be a little bit more, uh, I guess a little more offense put up with this crew. I get Bryce Young's a rookie and he's got to learn, but it was not pretty on Monday night. You know, I'm going to say a maddenism right now, you know, points help you win ball games. Uh, it's, it's weird. <laughs> and the, the team with the most points wins. That's, that's, uh, that's a fact. And, uh, we were not the team with the most points that, and we did not win on Monday night. Uh, you and I both were at the game. Uh, it was it was at least fun to fellowship with friends, but uh, the Absolutely. game was a little hard to watch. So uh, it was what it was. But uh, on to a bigger game. Uh, we are talking budget today. Uh, I'll give you some quick highlights. We won't go to, into the weeds, but, uh, uh, you know, it, people, when they think about a budget, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty big thing. I mean, it's, it's, when you think about just billions and billions of dollars being spent on your behalf, uh, we try to do it in a very prudent way. Um, but it, but it, um, it, it is an interesting uh, process, to say the least, of how, how the sausage gets made, as they say in politics. But in, in this budget, we've got um, pretty heavy investments in the state capital and infrastructure fund. It's uh, $1.4 billion. Uh, you'll see... Uh, uh, Money coming that goes into clean water and drinking water, a billion dollars there. Regional economic development, one point two five billion. Uh, Medicaid contingency—that's the uh, expansion. That's four hundred million. Medicaid transformation, five million. State emergency response and disaster relief—that's um, seventy-five million. This is all in the first year. Information technology, four hundred fifty million. That's a lot of computer chips. Um, federal infrastructure match, fifty million. Housing, $45 million. Retiree supplement, $145.6 million. Transportation, as we all desperately want to see more money spent on transportation, $450 million. And then uh, NC Innovation, which was uh, something that was a con- uh, contentious part of the budget that finally got solved, $250 million. So a lot of, lot of big things, a lot of, uh, a lot of salary uh, packages in there that, uh, that will be talked about. Uh, but, but mainly, just getting, just getting to the finish line. Uh, we're almost there. And uh, as, as David, you said, yesterday was pretty exciting around the building and today, too, a lot of buzz. 
Oh, absolutely. And one, one of the interesting things about it, and, and maybe you can enlighten me a little bit, because I've always been curious. So, like, you know, you know, presumably, you know, when the vote happens, budget gets approved. Like, does, um, you know, does the state have a checking account that all this money goes out of? I mean, it's a big number. So how, where, where does the money, how does the money get where it's going and where is it sitting right now? You know, that, that, that is, uh, that's a great question. And, uh, and particularly if, if you're a recipient of any of these dollars, uh, you, you start to learn that the process, shockingly, is, is slow. Uh, one, it, it, once we pass a budget, it takes uh, our Office of State Management and Budget uh, you know, time to go through, uh, make sure, you know, you know, everything lines up, accounts are, it's going into the accounts that it needs to go into. And that usually takes several months. Uh, if we get it passed on time, uh, that's usually certified by October. So that'll be delayed too. They'll work as quickly as they can. Um, but that it does take some time. So, and as that, you really have a whole year for, for the checks to go out. So if you're a recipient, say you're a town that received, uh, you know, water and sewer funding, like the town of Troutman in our listing area. Uh, I think it's uh, 14, 14 million, maybe something like that. Uh, they won't get that money right away. Uh, they'll, they'll be notified that it's coming, uh, but it does take some time uh, to get that money out. It's just a, it's just a massive undertaking. So it's not, not as if you just wire the money, uh, unfortunately. Well, it would be nice if it was that easy, right? <laughs> I, you know, I guess so. I, although I, I'd be very afraid of, of, of fraudulent activity. So we, we want to protect against that. But, uh, but people do want to make sure that they get it right. Because, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. And uh, so matching up, uh, you know, sometimes there, there's a, a little bit of discrepancy between, you know, is this the right uh, organization that's getting the money? There might be two, two organizations that sound a lot alike. Uh, so they have to verify that. Um, yeah, like uh, I think the town of Spencer and the town of East Spencer, that can get confusing. Uh, you know, multiple instances like that. And just, to, just you know, kind of the, 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 um, the, the, the devil in the details things of, of, of state government. Uh, it, can, it, can, it can get a little, little touchy there. I imagine it can. I'm I'm curious, though. I mean, as like, you know, you really are sort of the budget writer um, inside the House in many respects. As you were going through specifically for, you know, obviously our listening area is a benefit is, you know, benefits greatly from, you know, not only your representation, but, you know, Representative Mills, Representative Neely, Senator Sawyer, um, you know, and, and assisting in our area. But what were your major priorities, you know, coming into the budget session and were you successful in getting them out? So, yeah, I mean, we really were, I mean, really a lot, big part of our priority in, from the House just going forward, uh, not not just the area, but, but really just state employees. You know, with inflation, they, you know, it's binomics, uh, they're costly, and uh, it's tougher and tougher for people to, to, to stretch a dollar, right? So we wanted to make sure that we got those pay raises out there as quickly as we could, and, and unfortunately, this delay has, has prevented that. Luckily, uh, those folks will be back paid, so they'll have something extra once this does, you know, finally get certified, this budget finally gets certified. Um, that, that was certainly a priority. Um, a lot of investment in IT, um, you know, information technology, I think, is is a great way to to right-size government and to and to get things more efficient. Uh, doing so there, uh, I mentioned the, 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 the big spend, I think it's $450 million dollars in information technology, but a lot of that is is just back-end things that how you interface with state government. So making sure that that gets right, um, those investments are there. But then some of the fun stuff too, um, been working with UNC Greensboro on their eSports program, and, and they've just been phenomenal. The chancellor there, Chancellor Gilliam, is a, is a super guy, uh, great to work with. And he had a vision very early on about what eSports could be for 
what it could mean for UNC Greensboro. And, and so in the, in this budget, you'll see that uh, we're creating with, with the help of UNC Greensboro, our high school leagues for where high school uh, kids can compete. Uh, Cause there's not, there's not really a league. It's not something like a, like a football league or a, or a basketball league uh, that that's, you know, there was just no pathway there. Uh, so we're creating that and using UNC Greensboro as the hub. And, and then stretching out all across the state so that you've got your four-year institution working very well with your K-12. And, and so that, that, that matters a lot. And I think taxpayers can, one, whether you're into esports and gaming or not, uh, it really has to do with STEM with our, with our science, technology, and math, uh, making sure that kids are engaged and, and learning, but then also giving them a pathway to, to what that would look like into the future. And they've got a great program at UNC Greensboro. Our other schools are participating in that as well. NC State has a program. Uh, UNC Charlotte, our alma mater, uh, has a great program. Yeah, Yep, and and even you know we talk about little things that you get to do. Um, uh, UNC Charlotte's got uh, kind of an upgrade on their esports facility uh, there on campus, tucked into this budget as well. Um, other other big items, you know, in Lincoln County, we had a, an issue where we found arsenic in some of the wells of, of homes. Uh, it was going to cost a little over a million dollars to run a water line to those folks. Uh, we've got money for that in there. So that's that's something that's near and dear to me and, and wanted to make sure that we got that done. We've got funding for schools, obviously. Uh, and then we've got uh, individual projects for really for the whole Lake Norman area, which will be, uh, you know, a, a nice shot in the arm and a, and a good uh, a good good thing that taxpayers can see that they've got something for their dollars. Absolutely. And it's interesting you bring up esports. You know, you and I actually had the opportunity to attend an esports tournament uh, here in Raleigh not that long ago. Uh, got to bring our sons down, which was, you know, they are light years ahead of where I was playing Goldeneye back in the day. I never thought back then that we'd see what we see today in esports. But the econo- just the economic numbers that come out of esports, just it, frankly, it amazes me. I, I never thought I would see a day where this where gaming would be monetized the way it is and it would be able to bring the kind of dollars and just the kind of interest that it does sitting out watching people play these games well yeah I mean, when you think about be, being a, a huge production television or otherwise however you're watching television today is you know we think broadcast television but uh televisions you know any type of connection your your ipad your your phone or whatever whatever people are watching wherever they're interfacing but but seeing the the, the number of people that are interested in that uh one is huge and like you say we, we attend one of these tournaments uh, there's been some in charlotte there's been some in raleigh uh, and you see that uh there's a lot of money being spent in that. I mean, not just the production itself, but you know, when you think about uh, when these things come into town, the the, the hotels that are filled out, uh, the restaurants that that have you know visitors who are in any type of city, people when they travel, they're they're checking out the you know the great the really good great restaurants in, in an area. Uh, I think the last tournament in Raleigh, uh, last numbers I saw when once it came for a weekend, I think it was like an eleven million dollar spend in addition to to the local economy and just that one one event so when you're having multiple events uh, across the state uh during the year and more coming uh it really does make a huge impact in the economy of our state no absolutely and i've got to ask you know i brought up goldeneye uh, i saw a little twinkle in your eyes so i know that you played some goldeneye back in the day as well uh, uh were you a no odd job like you know what you slappers only no odd job was that the rules or or, or did you allow people to be odd job uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like odd job. So yeah. No, just, <laughs> for those who were not geeks, odd job was the shortest uh, person uh, on the game, and like everybody got infuriated because it was impossible to shoot him. You couldn't. I mean, it's not enough target there, right? So uh, that's too funny. The um, uh, 
when we look at uh, you know that, that's old school gaming too, by the way. Um, a lot of the new um, innovation that's coming too with our with our technology and our our four year institutions as as these kids go into computer programs, kids because they're younger than me, but uh, these young adults as they go into computer programming and so forth, we we've invested a lot uh, in not just in this budget, but but for years. You, and you see the tech companies that come here to the not just the uh, Raleigh area, but but in Charlotte. As you're 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 a finance guy, you know the the investment in banking and so forth that that comes with that. So we want to keep this economy moving forward. I think this budget does that. Um, it, we and and again, just when you think about our local area, uh, some of the things that are that are going to be included will highlight, of course. But um, in you know, our, we talked about our alma mater at UNC Charlotte. Uh, there was a, a generous donor who wanted to give uh, twenty five million. We were able to match that with another twenty five million. So uh, big things happening at the at uh, on, on campus too. But digital engineering being a big part of that. We talk about computers. But uh, hey, you're listening to all things sane. Appreciate you listening. I am your host, Representative Jason Sane. I've got David Cobble with me today. We're at the Legislative Building. We'll be back in just a moment. Thing saying, I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. Joining me today in Raleigh is David Coble, co-host extraordinaire. Uh, glad to be with you today. We are broadcasting from the Legislative Building, where budget is the big talk. Uh, last week it was no talk, and this week it's all the talk. So glad to have you listening or watching, as as the case may be. Uh, but you know, Dave, you were pointing out during the break that there's also some other legislation going on while we're here. Uh, passed some election law language yesterday in the House. Yeah, and I was actually interested about that because you, you, as you were going through uh, talking about it, I, think, I believe the term in uh, a couple of the newspapers was decidedly partisan, which I think there's a debate on what makes something decidedly partisan versus just regular partisan. But when I go through, and, I, and we've talked about this before, right, the, the election law items are seem fairly common sense to me when I read them. But then again, I'm one of those unusual people that thinks, you know, you should have an ID in order to be able to vote and, or, you know, that a, a man is really a man and a woman's really a woman. So obviously we're out to lunch on things like that, but the election laws seem pretty straightforward to me. I didn't view anything in there as controversial. You know, it really wasn't. Uh, we had a lot of attempted amendments by the, by the minority party, which to be expected, um, of course, those didn't make it through. We we'd have we have super majority, so uh, so uh, one or two did though. I mean, there was some good perfecting language. Um, but the, the House uh, yesterday passed major changes uh, to the rules for elections and and how elections could be audited. Uh, there were two bills. Uh, one, as we say, was uh, one was celebrated for earning bipartisan support, and the other was, as you said, decidedly partisan, <laughs> according to Will Duren Duren at the uh, 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 WRAL. Um, and it says um, what basically House Bill 770 uh, would make people's ballots a public record and Senate Bill 749 would overhaul the makeup of the state and county election board. This is for auditing purposes. So you still have a secret vote vote uh, when you go into the into the booth. But uh, having a way to track back and find out, you know, if there is election fraud and, and this would protect against it. Well, and that's what's interesting um, because, you know, the ability to audit, and again, as, as you stated, right, it's still a secret vote. It's just a, being able to know that you voted, right? And so there are instances where I, I'll give you a prime example. A, a friend of mine in my neighborhood went to uh, uh, went to the Board of Elections and just wanted to see, you know, um, he had gone online and saw that he did not, there was not a record that he had voted 
uh, in the last presidential election, but he did. He, he said he walked in, cast the vote, but there was not a actual record that he had voted. And so, you know, when you have instances like that, and, you know, and the great thing is Iredell County does a fantastic job of running their elections, but still the, it, the, the systems are rather archaic, right? And so you need to have an ability, especially technology is outpacing our laws in so many instances. You mentioned cybersecurity earlier in the show and information systems and the need to invest in those things with, you know, technology outpacing, um, you know, government tech or with, you know, uh, private technology outpacing public technology, these are real concerns that need to be addressed. And so having an auditable trail on votes seems like a no brainer to me. Well, it does. I mean, uh, you know, people want to be able to trust their elections, right? Uh, if there's no fraud, great. Um, and, and, and that's what we want. And, and people need to have confidence when they, when they cast their vote. Uh, this is a highlight. Senate Bill 749 would remove the governor's ability to appoint members of the State Board of Elections. Again, taking out some of the bias, right, as well as uh, all 100 county election boards uh, and instead transfers that power to the legislature. It also would end the process of the governor's political party getting the edge over the other party with a 3-2 majority on each of the five member boards. It would instead create evenly tied boards. In effect, it would end the Democratic Party's control over election rulemaking ahead of the 2024 elections. Uh, again, adding some, some confidence into the election process. Um, it, it will goes on to report that it's uh, highly uh, it's similar to other failed proposals uh, to make similar changes, which Republicans have tried passing at a near constant basis ever since voters elected Governor Roy Cooper, a Democrat in 2016. Difference now is, is we have uh, supermajorities in both houses. Uh, one of the changes struck down in court an unconstitutional power grab, according to the article. Uh, when lawmakers suggested changing the state constitution, let it happen. Voters overwhelmingly rejected the idea at the ballot box in 2018. Uh, every living ex-governor, Democrats and Republicans alike banded together that year to publicly denounce the idea. However, Republican lawmakers are trying again, and we'll see how this ends up. I imagine we're probably headed toward a veto uh, from the governor, if I had to guess. Uh, he does love getting out that veto pin. Well, and it's interesting because uh, the you all are what you're still undefeated, right, on veto overrides. Uh, this session, yes. <laughs> yes. See, so, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess, you know, at, at this point, things like this become largely symbolic, um, I guess, on, on his end, you know, because, you know, we don't know what, you know, Governor Cooper has planned, you know, once he leaves the governor's office. I'm sure that there's, you know, I, I don't know that Democrats know how to exist outside of a public paycheck. So there's no telling where he'll end up. But uh, I'm sure all this is laying the groundwork for something else in the future. Well, we'll see. Um, you know, it's... Um... <laughs> It is the ongoing saga here in North Carolina. Um, you know, one thing we can be certain, no matter what laws we pass, Durham uh, election boxes will stay open later than all. <laughs> and and Durham ballots will be found in trunks all across the county. <laughs> it's sometimes amazing that just has this one place just always just have just one little glitch or something going on over there. I, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, try, try and do the best we can to, uh, to, to reform that process. Uh, that and some other things going on around the legislative building, uh, kind of some minor bills and local bills that were passed yesterday. Uh, but the big news is the budget, uh, as we say. Uh, it's uh, it, it will probably consume the rest of the week here as far as the headlines here in Raleigh. So, Jason, I mean, votes wise. So what um, I, I, we didn't really touch on this earlier when we were talking about it, like going forward, like when can we sort of expect, I guess, the final votes to happen and then ultimately for it to go to the governor? I, I know that he has signaled um, a couple of different things that he might veto it or he might let it become law. I know with casinos and everything out, things may have been changed. But sort of what kind of timing are we looking at with this? 
It, yeah. So, so the the budget itself, we're you know we're kind of going through it with a fine tooth comb now. Uh, both both houses, uh, leadership, both houses going through there and, and, and looking at the language. That will probably go online sometime later tonight. Uh, that we'll sign the conference report uh, and have it ready to go online. Uh, so everybody can get a, a good look at it. Uh, and then we'll go to the floor tomorrow. Uh, it'll, it'll go uh, to the House and, and go through uh, two votes there. You have to have uh, three votes on all bills. So that the first one's uh, uh, just the introduction. So just saying, yeah, okay, those bills are here. But then second and third reading is what we call it. And we'll vote on that second and third reading. Uh, so it'll either happen uh, tomorrow. You know, I'm, I know it will, a vote will happen tomorrow. And then we'll make a decision on whether we just, because it is just kind of a um, procedural matter uh, to have that third vote. Uh, that third vote sometimes comes right after midnight, so it's you know the, the third day, uh, or we'll come back in at 9 a.m. So one, one, of, the, one of the two uh, will happen, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, those late night votes, uh, you know, if you're already there and, and it takes a while to debate the budget for sure, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, already there and you're, you know, 45 minutes away from, from midnight, sometimes it's just easier to stay and, and have that vote. I particularly don't like those just because it's, it's just too late for me. Um, I, I'm, I'm not the night owl I once was, not that spring chicken anymore. <laughs> so I, I like to get my rest, but, uh, but that, that'll happen. And then, and then the governor, I think has 10 days to either sign it or just let it become law or he could veto it. If he does veto it, then we'll have to come back in and uh, probably run a veto override. And so out of curiosity, is the budget similar? I know that when there are other bills coming through that the legislature is doing that the minority party doesn't like, there's a lot of amendments and, uh, you know, trying to derail it from the floor, none of which ever succeed, but you all do have to continually vote. Is the budget the same? Are you expecting sort of the same tactic or is it really just everyone just gets to talk about it and then you eventually vote? Well, so as far as process, this, this has already gone through the uh, potential amendment process when it came to the House and Senate. This is a conference report, so it, it will not be amendable, right? So when that that will be because if it if it were amended, then it would have to go back to the other house, and you know, it's be a never-ending circuit here. Uh, so so this is a straight up or down vote, uh, but that don't that that does not mean that people not uh, have an opportunity to talk on it. And, Tell you what they like, what they don't like. So that'll that'll be an exhaustive process, but it is part of the process, and it's uh, you know it's democracy in action, if you will. Will you be making any comments on it uh, from? Because I always enjoy a good Jason Sane speech because um, I like to uh, uh, you know peg the over under on number of movie lines that uh, find their way into it to see if I can pick them out. So are you going to be are you going to make commenting on the budget? They, you know they do make it in somehow when I when I do that, and uh, we, we'll we'll see if I can. Uh, it, it'd be a lot of fun. Um, well, uh, I, I generally do an overall uh, comment on the budget, and then we let the area chairs talk about what they've got. So uh, we'll have to work on some movie lines. Um, I, I, I did pick this one up from Foundation this week. An infinite number of ways to arrive at the inevitable. I think this, uh, we'll see if we can work that one in. But maybe, maybe we'll take calls and see. Uh, I always get a challenge word, too. So see if we can work a challenge word in. You're listening to Absolutely. All Things Sane here on WSIC. Uh, my co-host, David Coble. I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to All Things Sane. I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. Joining me today is 
co-host extraordinaire, David Cobble. We are broadcasting from the legislative building. Uh, fun times in Raleigh, David. Absolutely. And I was actually just, your, your music has gotten a little more soulful over the last couple of sessions. You know, originally when you first started, it was, you know, straight nineties rap, but now you got a little more soulful feel is that hopefully that's reflecting your calm demeanor at hopefully having a budget by the end of this week. Well, we're, yeah, we're not doing, you know, some Beastie Boys hard, hard rock <laughs> slash hard rap uh, intros. Uh, we'll have to bring that back, though. You know, I got I to gotta change it up. Now, once we get out of the legislative process, maybe I can get back into some, some good music and get that out there. Because, um, you know, I love my music. Um, and music references, too, right? So, uh, Brennan Jones, Representative Brennan Jones and I, if you've ever been with us in a committee, um, you, you know how you can use like the titles of songs or lines from the song while making your argument on the floor. Uh, he and I both are very good at doing that. Well, I actually uh, worked. I actually, uh, I became a uh, an officiant in North Carolina uh, for a one time wedding for my cousin, and uh, they uh, they were insistent that the um, that the that ceremony be not overly serious, which of course I lends itself very well to to my personality uh, and not being overly serious. And uh, when it came time to uh, into the uh, I wouldn't call it the sermon, but you know the charge to the couple uh, as an officiant, um, I went through a number of. Uh, of uh, song titles and uh, lyrics while I was uh, while I was in that, and it was a it was a grand time. So it's always fun just to uh, see how much you can work in. I know that you have become a expert with Chat GPT and uh, getting random uh, music references into speeches. So it's it's quite a sight to read. It, it is fun. Uh, I'm just trying to imagine the right Reverend David Cobble. Uh, that that <laughs> officiant, officiant, not Reverend, not Reverend. Oh come on, you can you, you should go a little <laughs> further, right? I mean, I I always thought they should have a televangelism program at, at UNC Charlotte, right? I mean, because oh. you know, there's there's money to be made there. There is, but back then I had the hair for it. I couldn't do it today. Can't get, well, you got to have the hair for sure. You got to have the hair if you're going to be a televangelist. You got to have the hair. <laughs> well, you, I know a topic that you like and uh, talk about sports betting. Uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, during the break uh, some of the fantasy sports stuff, but there's some language that's leaked into this budget, not from me and not from Senator Jim Perry, uh, that's changing the uh, sports betting law even before it gets implemented. Uh, some folks have have wanted to change some things. I think it helps the teams, but it shuts out some of the uh, some of the vendors. I think so. That's going to be controversial, and we'll see how that works out in this, in this budget as well. Um, like I say, I wish I could be king for a day, but uh, that's not that's not the rules, and uh, so we'll see how that plays out. And what is it? That, you know, the uh, downside of democracy is that sometimes other people win. I guess that's just that's how this works. Uh, <laughs> I, I love people saying, "Well, you need to change the law." Well, you know, it's just not me. Uh, I got to got to get some other people to do that with me. Uh, but we do have a budget, and uh, and we are we are a buzz here at the at the legislative building today, uh, as people are going back and forth and, and and looking for those copies. Those will be out online at ncleg.gov, uh, ncleg.gov. Uh, later today, uh, you'll see that posted up on online where you too can download your copy and play the home game. <laughs> and that's and uh, are there? Uh, have you ever like gone through and like seen if you could uh, randomly insert things into the budget and see if anyone found them, like a scavenger hunt or anything like that? No, no, you know what? And I think the press would would absolutely kill me for doing that because they they'd, they'd be thrown off because yeah, they they really do go through it with a fine tooth comb. I've gotten while we've been on air today a lot of a lot of questions uh, uh, from from uh, the press just as they see different copies. If you hang around the building long enough, you'll 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 pick up some things here and there, and uh, they're all over the place today. But now, uh, luckily, we we can't play too many games with with the budget. It's too big anyway. Uh, certainly don't want to add to it. 
<laughs> Definitely not. But I do actually, so once the budget is done, uh, I guess is the last sort of major item on the agenda redistricting? Uh, that will be next. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with, with the various court cases and things of that nature uh, and some rulings that have that have uh, come out from, from the uh, state Supreme Court, uh, we'll go back and, and look at the district maps for House and Senate, as well as congressional, uh, and see what that looks like. I, I don't, I don't, I've not been engaged in the process yet, so don't know what that will look like. Uh, but I, I do I am the vice chairman of, of, of redistricting in the House. Uh, Senator Heiss is the chairman in, in the Senate, and then uh, Destin Hall, Representative Destin Hall, is in charge of it here in the House side of things. But uh, we're not we're not anywhere near getting that started yet. We'll do that after this budget is over. So sometime after this week, I guess we'll jump headlong into that as well. Well, redistricting is a little bit like Groundhog Day. I mean, you would think at this point when, you know, because I think you guys have drawn, you know, 232 different sets of maps over the course of the last couple of years. And it was interesting, the last set of maps you all did, you know, were, you know, I guess uh, you had the special master or whatever who dictated sort of how those needed to be. And they were supposedly drawn a lot more fair than you all got a supermajority. Um, so you would think at some point in time, the Sue Till Blue crowd would realize that maybe it's uh, not the districts, maybe it's the uh, policy. Oh, well, you know, you, 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 it's not a it's not a um, it's not a line drawn problem. It's a, a fact that they're selling the wrong product, right? And uh, <laughs> but that be that as it is, that will not stop them from, as you say, sue, sue until you're blue. Uh, that has been the mantra for the last uh, several decades. Uh, so, I, as uh, as Destin Hall says, uh, he, he refers to me not as his vice chairman, but as co defendant. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Sure. Well, this one will go back to court as well. Luckily for me, I don't touch the map drawing thing, so uh, it helps keep me out of it. Uh, I come from a constitutionally correct district, which is nice. Lincoln County is one of the uh, few districts that uh, is a whole county, uh, has one representative, and and uh, it really can't touch our boundaries because it, it, it meets the it meets the criteria. So uh, that is that is fortunate for for the folks in Lincoln County and certainly fortunate for me that I get to represent them and uh, not have to go through that back and forth. But a lot of folks do. I know Senator Sawyer that you co-host with, she was my senator once upon a time in Lincoln County. And then they redrew the maps again and she yeah. became not my senator. Not your senator and then went to Yadkin and then they redrew them again and she left Yadkin and went uh, into the north part of Charlotte. So she kind of been bouncing around over the course of the last several redistrictings. But you talked about the constitutionally correct. Is that a number uh, threshold, uh, Jason, that keeps you there? So, yeah, so it's, it's a formula, right, based on population. And and so, oddly enough, Lincoln County, uh, since uh, early 2000, I think, has been a whole county district. It's, it, you have to check me on that, maybe maybe mid-2000s. But um, the formula, once you once you figure out the number of people and you divide the number of people by districts and so forth, uh, somewhere it's around 89,000 now, I think that's right. Um, at least last check it was. And so the Lincoln County has grown exactly the same percentage as North Carolina has grown. So I think North, North Carolina was like 12%. I think Lincoln County grew 13%, something like that last time. So within that margin of error, uh, you know, plus or minus, uh, which is why we're able to not not go into a different county and, and take in another precinct or, or something like that. So uh, we've just we've just hit that sweet spot for for a couple of decades now. Well, and then obviously everyone moving into Lincoln County just because of, you know the opportunity to be represented you know by you and singularly by you obviously is what's driving the growth there. Huge selling point. Huge selling point. 
<laughs> so, but uh, another, uh, you had uh, Coach Biff uh, Pogey from the Charlotte 49ers on a few weeks ago, and I know they got a big game this weekend uh, down in Gainesville. Are you going to make it down for that one? So I am going to make it down to Gainesville. At least that's my plan. If we get the budget voted on uh, early enough on Friday, then I'm going to make it down uh, and, and go watch the team down in Gainesville. I, as a matter of fact, I was on the phone this morning with with Coach Poji, and uh, yeah, he's pumped. I, you know, that was not happy with that loss last week, by the way. Uh, Nor was I. Wheels kind of came off, and uh, he was he was obviously upset at the at the press conf- conference afterwards. But this morning, when when he and I talked, we did. Didn't even talk about that, right? Because he's on to the next game. So, uh, getting the team ready, I could hear hear uh, practice going on in the background when I talked to him. That's awesome, Nuck. No, I mean, you have the opportunity to go into the swamp and and play, you know, Florida. That's just, you know, that's just huge. Um, and you know, we're you know t- we're ten years in from football, and I got to tell you, I never thought that, you know, when we started, I figured we'd still be playing in, you know, FCS and hoping just to make the the playoffs. And here we are in year ten, and you know, we're in the American Conference. We've already gone to a bowl game. We've got a big time coach here that's you know really just instituting a culture of, you know, I mean, there's growing pains, right? We've got a lot of stuff to do, and I'm a fanboy for the Niners all day long i've had my season tickets since they started but it's if 10 years ago did you ever think i mean we when we were at school no one stayed on campus on the weekends when we were in school right it's like you you left (laughs) there was nothing to do and now it's like it's like a a whole city there on the weekends people are around all the time it was a ghost town uh you know it's by by friday you know mid-morning and certainly by lunchtime it's like the campus evacuated right uh because i remember going to other campuses and and going to football games and and things that you know i'd either get a uh nc state chapel hill go up to boone and and watch watch the mountaineers play uh which i still do but but now that we've got our football team i I make every game i matter of fact had to blow off the Appalachian game on, on Saturday just because I couldn't make it work. I wanted to go to both uh, with ECU, but uh, made it to ours. Uh, the excitement, the, stand, the stands are filled now. The students are staying. Um, they're, 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 they're there. Um, and in that new conference, as you talk about the, the, the American conference, uh, pretty big deal. And, um, and then going down to Florida to play the Gators, uh, who, who would have thunk? Uh, I, I can remember walking on campus. <coughs> excuse me, allergies are bad. Uh, walking on campus with my my dad uh, after they built the football stadium, and he just was blown away because you know, my sister, my younger sister, and I both went to UNC Charlotte, and that campus is just growing tremendously, and that football program's helping get get Charlotte on the map. Oh, it absolutely is. I'm the same thing. You know, my daughter goes there. Uh, uh, she'll be. A, she's a senior uh, at Charlotte right now. And so, I, I, when we took her on her visit there um, a few years back, when we were walking the campus there like that, I, I told my wife, who also you know, not a graduate, I told her that if you blindfolded me, put me in the middle of this uh, campus, and then took the blindfold off, it would take me a minute to recognize where I was. It's, it has changed that much since we were there. It's definitely a different place. You know, we, we, we neglected to talk about the fake meat conspiracy that we had. The, you were in my office yesterday. When we the, did, uh, yes. Us. Yeah, well, we may yeah. have to like that for the next week because uh, yeah, people need to start Googling fake meat and Jason Sane because obviously you have orchestrated some type of fake meat scandal, according to the caller in your office yesterday. You know, we should record all these, actually, and play them on air. But uh, we, we do get some weird calls every now and then when you when you serve the general public. Occasionally, uh, you'll get some some different calls. But uh, apparently, I'm also serving as the attorney general of North Carolina, which is a new newsflash to me. You've been listening to All Things Sane. Uh, I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. Joining me today was David Coble, the extraordinary co-host that we love to have on. We'll see you next week. Look forward to seeing you then. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Thank you.